Let me tell you something, Imogen. Newsable listener Christine, not a fan of supermarket sticker promos. Oh, I knew there'd be someone. Mm. Good on you, Christine, for not falling for them, unlike me. We talked about this yesterday, of course, New World have announced this year's sticker promo, and we spoke to the wonderful clinical psychologist Dougal on why we all go so ham on getting these free-ish goodies. <laughs> Ish. Ish, doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Christine, I can tell you, she does not go ham. Mm. She commented on our Instagram post. She wrote, quote, no, <laughs> why would any intelligent person do this <gasps> when you could just buy the thing for a much cheaper price than the amount you'd have to spend to get that many stickers? See, Christine, I feel like you're missing the point. It's the journey, not the destination. She's not wrong, though, is she? She's not wrong. Christine, you are correct. Yeah, yeah. But I still do it. Here I am with a bunch of smeg knives, really proud of myself for collecting them all as well. And they're really sharp. Yeah. And they work really well, don't they? I fought really hard for those. You don't regret a thing. I chased a sticker down the street because it blew out of my hand. That is not a lie. <laughs> Kia ora, this is News of All. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. Sinkholes keep on sinking in Auckland. So what are they? And are we all at risk of suddenly getting swallowed up by the earth? We talked about multitasking and falling downstairs last week. And this week... We're talking about why you shouldn't be multitasking in the car. The winner of the Supreme Pie Award at this year's Pie Awards has been announced. So how do you pick the best one? We find out from Al Brown. And finally, I have been looking for a new place to live recently. I have to leave my flat. Mm. But Ammo, thrillingly, thinks she has found me. The deal to end all deals. I cannot wait to find out what delightful digs she has come up with. <laughs> We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Auckland is being plagued by holes, and I am not talking about ordinary potholes, but sinkholes. In the past day, one opened up in Ōtahuhu, and earlier there was a much bigger one up on College Hill in Freemans Bay, and there's a third at Mallins Bay in Howick as well. How are you coping? And what is going on? To help us out, we're joined by John Tukey, a professor of construction at AUT. Kia ora, John. First question. What is a sinkhole and how do they happen? Okay, a sinkhole just comes about as a result of either natural uh, water flows through um, underground uh, water courses like uh, streams and so on. Alternatively, it's as a result of man-made channels. So, for example, uh, stormwater reticulation or alternatively water. Basically, what happens is that uh, water comes out from the, uh, the, the channel and starts to uh, liquefy and erode a void out of the surrounding substrate and eventually it gets so big that it uh, collapses under its own weight. And ironically, it's when the water level drops that the, the, it actually, the, the, the weight asserts itself and, uh, and all of a sudden it implodes. So they can just, it, it is possible that a sinkhole can just happen with, with no warning, no, no nothing. It can just whoop. There can be minimal amounts of, what was that type of warning <laughs> But, yeah, um, but it is fairly right, normal, right. And, uh, and yeah, it just just occurs. Why are they, why are they happening in Auckland? Is something happening in Auckland? Yeah, I think you need to be careful of uh, one swallow making a summer, so to speak. But uh, you know, okay, there's been a couple in over a couple of weeks. Is it going to be sinkhole again? And I doubt it. Um, 
these things uh, develop slowly over time. Um, there's been, you know, obviously a lot of wear and tear associated with buried assets as a result of the recent hundred-year weather events that seem to turn up every couple of months mm. um, in and around Auckland. But they happen on a continuous basis. They are happening ar- around the country all the time. So I should cancel my order for the hovercraft. <laughs> well, possibly so. I don't think it's probably going to be required. John, I might regret asking this question, but how deep can sinkholes get? Uh, you will regret it because it, they can be extremely deep. I'm sure if you do a Google search, you'll see all sorts of horror stories of multi-story depths um, that suddenly open up, but they are vanishingly rare and occur as a result of very particular circumstances. You've got to bear in mind that a lot of, um, in limestone country, as an example, in uh, places in Europe and elsewhere, all the caves that, that are limestone caves that our uh, prehistoric ancestors hung out in, they were created in the site by the same processes and natural processes mm-hmm. associated with sinkhole formation. So you end up with your uh, cave, which the cavemen enjoyed, and then eventually over a period of time, they get so eroded that they can collapse. And so, so a lot of very steep-sided valleys in limestone regions of the UK and elsewhere they're actually collapsed caves, and they are, to all intents and purposes, mm. very, very, very large sinkholes. So it was actually a relatively comforting uh, interview, all things considered, John. So I thank you for that, and I'm going to head off now and see if I can get a refund from that helicopter company. <laughs> <laughs> all the best to you. Till next time. No problem. We're going to be talking bizarre properties a bit later on, and we would like to know your horror flatting stories. We're talking terrible properties you've lived in or terrible properties you've seen advertised. Get in touch with us on TikTok or Instagram. Just search up Newsable NZ, or you can flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz. The other day, we talked about a new study that found women in their 20s are more likely than men in their 20s to fall down the stairs because there is a high chance that they are multitasking. And Emma and I asked you to get in touch with some multitasking examples, but someone also got in touch and mentioned multitasking while driving. Now, they weren't saying that they multitask while driving and that that's their multitasking time. Instead, they suggested it's still a very big problem. And it's not just being on your phone while driving. There's other ways we might also be putting ourselves at risk while in the car without even realizing it. So here to talk to us more or rather to tell us what to stop doing is Craig Cockerton from Fleet Coach and online driving training provider. Kia ora Craig, how are you going? Hey, I'm very good. Thanks very much for that. Hey, um, yeah, you asked the question, uh, what is multitasking? And uh, actually multitasking is a myth. So when we think we're multitasking, what we're actually doing is just task switching really quickly. So the issue is that when we switch those tasks quickly, we're not actually giving our full attention to any particular task at any one time. That is quite interesting that you give that definition, of course, because if you're saying that it's risky, if you're switching from task to task and you're not focusing on one, like that must mean when you're driving and multitasking, that's terrible. So can you give us some examples of other than texting and driving, which we know is a really bad one, but what are other ways that people multitask in the car? Um, yeah, and these are probably ones you've seen a lot, um, especially if you're on the commute in the morning into work. Uh, there's the eating and drinking, the mm. coffee in one hand, one hand on the steering wheel, uh, eating the pie, chomping down on a field roll, these types of things. That stuff tends to snowball quite quickly. 
you know, you've got one hand on the wheel, you're not really focused. You're taking your hands uh, or your eyes off the road as you're putting your drink down, all those types of things. There's the grooming aspect. Again, if you've been sitting in traffic, you've seen people shaving, you've seen them doing their makeup, eyes off the road. They're not focused on what they're doing. It is interesting that this is still a topic of conversation. You know, this idea, particularly when it comes to making phone calls and texting while drunk. Like, why, why do you think that is? Why are we still pushing this message when it's pretty clear how unsafe that actually is? Um, a lot of us are overconfident in our skills. So uh, the feeling is, look, we've done this before. We've never had a crash when we've done it, so we can carry on doing it. The reality is that what people miss is that most of the time it's not about you being able to do those two things. It's about everybody else on the road that's making adjustments for you. They're giving you space. They're getting out of your way. So no food, no makeup, no phone, GPS selected and loaded and music selected and loaded before you leave the driveway. Are those your tips to stop multitasking in the car. Yeah, those are great ones. You know, food and drink, basically uh, have it before you go or wait until you get to where you're going. If you're on a long trip, just plan some breaks. Those breaks are going to be good for you just from a, a driving fatigue perspective as well. Mm. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb when you're uh, when you're driving. Uh, there's a great feature in a, a lot of phones these days about driving focus. So if someone texts you, it'll actually send an automatic response back saying, hey, I'm driving right now. That's a great one for anxiety because you know now that the person's been told that um, that you're driving. And ultimately, don't have complex conversations or emotionally charged conversations when you're driving. All of those things just become distractions for the driver. Craig Ockerton from Fleet Coach, thanks very much for your time. Excellent. Thank you. Great to be here. How to find and judge New Zealand's best pie is coming up in a second. But if you are enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform because it'll help other people find us. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. No, that, that, I think Chris, the, it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, that, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. That's, Nothing that's in there. That on. sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. As we all know, the most important election of 2023 will take place in October when we head to the polling booths to vote on Forest and Bird's Bird of the Century. Go the kakapo. Yes, indeed. But uh, last night, the second most important election of the year took place, the election of New Zealand's finest pie Mm. at the National Pie Awards. The Supreme Pie Award was taken out by Patrick Lamb of Pat's Pies, his eighth Supreme Award win for his roast duck, onion and mushroom pie. Joining us now is one of our best-known chefs and also one of the judges, Al Brown. Kia ora. Kia ora, Imogen. Emil, thanks for having me on. A duck pie. What? Yeah, what? It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. It takes quite a pie to sort of say, look at me, out of 4,000-plus pies that are entered into the competition. So... I think probably that's the that's the angle that a lot of people have to take now. I mean, the, the mince and cheese and the bacon and egg, they'll always be there. And, and if they're really, really good, they can win the supreme pie, I gather. But this one was pretty exceptional. Dark strikes me as a, a bold choice for a protein in a pie, one that could easily go wrong, Al. 
Yeah, I reckon. And, and I think, Pat, what he did, I'm pretty sure it was duck breast, which has a habit to dry out when you cook it. Mm. Um, but I think if you brine it, and I think he brined it, it was well balanced. Um, you know, if he's done it eight times, I think he knows what he's doing. Well, sure, eight times, <laughs> unparalleled levels of pie domination. Are you going to ban him from next year's competition? You know, this is my second time being a judge. I think they sort of go around through a whole bunch of cooks and chefs and things over the years. And I thought my one had been and gone, which was, about, I think it was 2011, when controversially a, um, a fruit pie won. <gasps> you know, heaven forbid. <laughs> you know, I was just delighted to be asked back and to be part of it because it is really, it fits my vibe, that's for sure. I'm not really a guy that does schmears on the plate or, or, or use tweezers <laughs> with his food. So, you know, pie's pretty much up my up my alley for sure. Al, why don't you enter and take Pat on head to head? Uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. It's not just taking Pat on, it's taking on another 400 bakers out there as well. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, I you know, it's just remarkable. But I think there's sort of... 17 sort of criteria when you when you look at these pies um which is fascinating so they take it really seriously and you know they treat them with kid gloves and they send in two pies and you look at the first is you look at a pie that's cold and you look at you know how well it's baked and what the rise or the the layers of the puff pastry on the top and then you turn it over and how's the cook on the bottom and then you cut it and Look at the cross section, and you know this is before you even you know heated it up. So um, it's full on, but it, it's it's funny. I really enjoy it because it's there's about forty really amazing bakers from all around the country there that are doing the main judging um, to begin with. I don't know. There's only one other culinary group of people that I've always thought it's wonderful to be. around. I love being around cheesemakers. They're lovely, mm. but so are bakers. Mm. Al Brown, thank you very much for your time today. We'll let you go and tend to your pie hangover now. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. You're currently on the hunt for a new flat, new place to live, right? Well, I was, but uh, ring-a-ding-ding news alert. Uh, I have just signed for a new flat, which is like... 25 metres away from producer Jono's house, actually. Oh, so. brilliant. I'm happy for you, but I'm also disappointed mm-hmm. because I think I've found a property you'd be – it's just stunning. It's beautiful. It's an opportunity not to be missed. Have you ever considered mm-hmm. moving to the UK, London? Oh, that's an interesting mm-hmm. suggestion for your co-host. <laughs> well, I have found the deal of a lifetime – you can buy this property for 40000 New Zealand dollars. Uh-huh. It's in Twickenham, so you'd be very oh. close to the stadium for when the All Blacks are in town. Did also- you just say 40000 New Zealand dollars in Twickenham? Yeah. All right, okay, yeah. continue. Yeah. It's got a cafe just outside of it Lovely. as well, so the easiest coffee run mm-hmm. for the morning. There's just one one catch. Ah, uh, okay, here it comes. Mm. It's a stairwell. It's a stairwell. <laughs> 
There's a disused four-storey stairwell up for auction in the UK. Uh, it's at, at the back of a Starbucks, but it's the connection to Starbucks and the building that it's technically connected to have all been sealed off. So it's like a uh-huh. standalone, semi-detached. The ad according to the agents, says it's got heaps of development potential. And there's this amazing video. It's got this really jazzy soundtrack, which for legal reasons I cannot play out loud. But uh, con man, uh, audio wizard Connor, has found something similar for you to enjoy. And just watching the video now, the stairs do need a bit of a clean. Uh, There's still rubbish in there. Mm -hmm. I can see someone's dumped a bed head in there, there's a lot of panning up and down. I'm glad to hear there is a bed or something resembling a bed in there. Well, your bed head, like the bed board, bed head, right. the backboard for your bed. There's a pot plant. Um, is there room for a bed? Yeah, possibly a single bed on one of the many stairwells that there are, like um, platforms, like landings rather. Are you going to be sleeping at a 125 degree angle? You could probably get one of those pull down ones. It's a door upper. With development potential, as the agents would say. That is just the most horrifying real estate euphemism I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Development potential for a a disused stairwell. It's like those ones where it's like home and an income. You're like, yeah. let's see the grotty flat that's underneath this house. Well, I was I, I got to say, I, I never thought that anything would top those ads that you see on Trade Me. You know, barely a garden shed. Um, and it's like cosy, intimate. In a city. In a, in a city living, $400 a week. You know, don't miss this opportunity. Like, <laughs> But now that we've mentioned terrible flats, we would like to know your flatting nightmare stories, everything from uh, the ones that you've lived in to the ones you've seen advertised. So flood our inbox, please. Newsable at stuff.co.nz. You can also get in touch, of course, on Instagram, newsable.nz. Anyway, that is newsable for today. I'm Emil Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. We'll catch you tomorrow. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support.